Hello and welcome to a brand new horror podcast. We are the Bloody Brilliant Podcast. I'm Jamie and I'm joined today with Emma. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you today? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hailing, so, you know, it's, it's a good time to be alive. Um, supposed to be playing football in this rain, so we'll see what happens. But we're not talking about football, that's a different podcast. We're, talk, we're here to talk all things horror. So... What we're going to be doing for you is over the we're going to be coming to you live every two weeks and what we're going to be doing is every two weeks we are going to talk about horror uh this week is just an introduction about how we got into horror uh our favorite horror movies our first memories of horror and then in two weeks will be our first official bloody brilliant movie night which uh, we are going to be doing every four weeks where we're going to be discussing a movie that either none of us or one of us has seen that the other should be watching and then we're just going to talk about it and review it so um i don't know if you you want to announce that the movie that we're going to be watching it's like kind of an exclusive isn't it so yeah well i think it'd be best to sort of give a bit of hindsight and then people can have some ideas before we come into our um our live in the uh next four weeks but we will be watching prom night um the the original um i'm very excited i literally know nothing about it uh nothing i just know that jamie lee curtis is in it so yeah. it's brand new for me literally know nothing about it the worst part is is because of all these documentaries that are out there i already know what happens at the end because i, I say i'm a massive slasher fan so i always like try and read up on slasher so i already know what happens but i'm looking forward to how it happens <laughs> well i i watch the exact same documentaries but my mind is a sieve I'm there for the looks. Sometimes the, the the detail is not there with me, but I'm 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 sure I'll be surprised regardless. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens anyway. And like I said it's um it's going to be interesting to like dive into these films that we haven't watched before. And I say deep dive into it. I mean the way that we talk, it's probably not going to be as much as an analysis. But you know, <laughs> yeah, we no. enjoyed it. It's good. There you go. <laughs> That's yeah. the episode, guys. Thanks. <laughs> well, unless unless it gets to a point where one of us didn't like it, which is very rare for me and you, but I do think that could come up at some point. Did you like us? I did like us, yes. Well, there we go. We're not talking about us. Oh, there you go. I hated us. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely hated us. I don't know, because I'm probably like talking about Get Out. Like, Get Out is one of my favourite like horror mm-hmm. films ever. Um, but yeah, it was just, compared to that, it was just awful. I and I already, this- I already guessed what happened in the cinema, because in the trailer, they've got the bit with the throat grab. I was just waiting for that to happen, which means I knew what was going to happen towards the end of the film. Well, I, I think this is where we we differ because I actually preferred Us over uh, Get Out. Personally, like get out, personally. get out now. <laughs> Literally leave. But no, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I don't know, maybe it was... Uh, I don't know what it was about it. There was just something a bit more that I enjoyed about it. I, I think maybe because it was a bit more unrealistic with the doppelgangers. I think that's a kind of what, I mean, Get Out's kind of unrealistic to an extent. They abduct him black folk, brainwashing him and turning into sex slaves and shit. Sorry, well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think um, I, wa- I, wa- I think the difference feels as well is that I didn't watch Get Out in the cinema. I watched Get Out at home, whereas I watched, you would see three times. <laughs> three times in the cinema. Between us, we probably keep the cinema industry alive when it comes to these sorts of films, though, to be fair, because we, we are both quite uh, avid users of the cinema. Yeah, and it's only 
six days until Spiral, the book of sort of comes out and I'm going day one and I cannot wait. Oh, that is quite exciting. I haven't even booked any tickets yet, but that's become a bit of a, I'm a bit of a, an indoor person nowadays. Don't really go outside very often, but I'm sure I'll make an excursion just for that. Yeah, I think there's, um, it's quite weird. There's quite a few horror films. I can't think of the ones that are coming out. When I was looking at the, the films coming out next week, I think about three out of the five were horror films, including Spiral, the Book of Saw. But I can't remember. I didn't, didn't hadn't heard of the other two, so I'm not exactly sure if they're any good or not. But I think with um with horror, I think it's quite a it is an all year round genre, but I think it makes obviously the most of its money during the 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 autumn months, doesn't it? So mm. it's quite nice to see that as we we, we launch back into cinemas in a public uh, way, that horror is kind of a big staple of that because i think it does have quite a a mixed group of uh, watchers there's a i mean depending on the age restriction of the film it is a it is a ageless genre um yeah. everyone can enjoy to an extent if you're not squeamish yeah i think that i think the best thing about horror is an escapism isn't it i think that's the way that a lot of people enjoy watching horror films because it's an escapism so escaping from covid and all of that you can go go get scared by the shape or get scared by you know jason coming around to kill you not my jason that jason but you know jason <laughs> tried to come around to my house and kill me but don't let him in he keeps trying to come into my house i'm like no leave me alone so this is this is the thing as well people love to be scared and i think that comes like i think that is just something that comes up through anyone you speak to of, of when they talk about their favorite film or what what you know what they remember about certain films. Most of the time, people will talk about a film that's impacted them as a horror film. Maybe not always for the positive reasons, but I think, you know, it kind of yeah. gives you that uh, launch pad into yeah. what you what you do and you don't like. Yeah, I was going to say, it's interesting that you said the, um, the way audience react to horror, because that's what I did my dissertation on at uni, was how we react as an audience to horror movies. I was like going into like, the whole psychological side of it all with, with Shard and Freud and, and what's he well, called? There's a podcast installment there. You can tell you us go. about what you're there. We can talk about that. I'll just read my dissertation. Do it. I'll, I'll sit here and talk to you about that. Well, we will talk about you talking about how it films have an impact on you. What is your earliest memory of horror? So mine isn't necessarily a film because I think a lot of films, you know, when you kind of sneak downstairs and you catch a glimpse of a film that you shouldn't have been watching, that your parents might have been watching. My first introduction properly into horror was uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, my mum watched Buffy quite religiously um, and I ended up getting introduced to it that way. Um, my mum's definitely kind of been the most influence on my horror and alternative lifestyle. Um, you know, she's been everything from a new romantic to a punk to all sorts when she was younger so I think I kind of get that from her and Buffy was kind of like some a bonding time of us when I was younger she probably doesn't even remember that to be honest but that's fine because I remember it <laughs> I don't think I've watched a lot of Buffy I don't think I've ever sat from start to finish and watched it all I remember watching a lot of it I don't yeah. think I've ever watched it all well, that's that's the thing, and and I, I, again, I remember watching a lot of it. I I know the plot points, I know the big things that happen, but I can't say that I've actually sat from episode one through to the end and could tell you. Angel again, the spin-offs that come from it is such a wide universe. Sometimes it's a bit hard to catch up on what's happening in each one, but I think uh, the female characters, especially in Buffy. And around the time as well that it was made, were quite good influences. I mean, yes. They were fighting vampires on the weekend. 
when they should have been doing their studies. And that's not something that I should have probably How did anyone to. graduate? <laughs> uh, exactly. I mean, the, the, the high school was literally on the hell mouth. So how they graduated, I have no idea. But I think, yeah, it was it was something that uh, I definitely wanted to be Buffy when I was uh, Buffy Summers when I was younger. Definitely. What about you? Yeah. What was well, your I was gonna, I was, I was going to quickly ask, what was your favourite episode? Oh, you, know, you know what my favourite episode is. I've literally gone completely blank at the title, but it's a musical episode, isn't it? Uh, Once More with Feeling. Once More with Feeling, that's the one. I love Once More with Feeling. And I know that's really, 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 like, people will just say that's the worst episode, because why would you need a musical episode? But every season of any show has a musical episode in some shape or form. Even Scrubs has one. It was just very... all because of Buffy, though. But this is the Maybe. thing. Like, it kind of, again, it's another thing of it started, like, all these shows that we have now that are around, like, demon slaying or vampires and stuff like that, Buffy was quite, you know, the the the, the trendsetter for that and trendsetter of my life as well. <laughs> You've seen Hush, though, haven't you? The episode Hush. That's the one where they, they can't speak throughout the whole episode. Yes, yes, I have seen yeah. that. Because I know a lot of people are like, this is my favourite episode, Hush. So we had to watch it in film studies because, they ha- because there's no speaking or anything. It's more like, how do you show it not tell it to a degree yeah and i think that's one of the pioneering episodes of buffy because there is no hardly any dialogue in it and they can still have that joss whedon comedy in there and still have the the, the frights shall we say but mine my first memory and this is awkward because i never watched this film properly until last year okay. fully because of my early memory so i remember like you said when you were seven you go downstairs <laughs> and you see something so you're seven-year-old going down the stairs, and what do you see? You see a demon with a crucifix <laughs> stabbing herself in places where you shouldn't do. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then twisting her head round. So, yeah, I mean, they always say, like, Exorcist is one of the scariest movies ever made. It's not that scary after I watched it last year. I mean, there are, there, I think probably because it hasn't aged well, but, you know, it, it was still funny when I watched it last year. But when I was a seven-year-old going downstairs, there's two images that have always been in my mind. There was the crucifix bit, and it's the bit where she's just sat on the chair and she's like this. I don't know why. She just sat on a chair and her hands are like this. That's all I remember from the film. And I like I have no idea why I remember that. I don't even know if it's even in the film. I could have just made that up. <laughs> your seven-year-old brain is just like working overdrive to like... Yeah. Just like try and get out of it. Yeah, she was just sat there with a with a hand on the top of her other hand in the chair, like yes. But <laughs> but I, exorcist. And I think you know, I think that is it for a lot of people. Regardless, you know, it came out and when it did, it it has literally been that for generations. That film that has, you know, scared people. And I think um, you know the the whole uh, look is very um, noticeable. You know, Halloween, it's a very standard costume. People tend to go for it. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, again, similar to Buffy, it's been not redone, but essentially it's influenced a lot of that type of film. Uh, you know, exorcism, religious, supernatural kind of films. And also just kind scary of... Scary Movie 2. I was just about to say, people have <laughs> taken the mick out of it as well, like Scary Movie 2, which, you know, um, we watched Scary Movie 2 and The Exorcist um, last Halloween as part of like 
mine and my partner's a great double bill thing. but yeah well it was great we had to we had to break up some of the films with having scary movie in there and scary movie 2 in the middle just because it's purely the best one i don't care what anyone says about the scary movie films i think the second one's the best one personally but that's my I honest do, opinion i do like the second one but you can't beat the first one because it's stream and it's got doofy which is probably one of the best characters in it all but i, mean, I do really like scary movie 2 yeah and i, th- I think yeah, it's it's just it's a staple piece. It's been done time and time again. People will still pay to watch the Exorcist esque kind of movies. And you know, it's it's again, like I said, it's a pioneer of its time, isn't it? Very good, very good first first one. Not yeah, for a great uh, reason, but yeah, first. No, but uh, <laughs> after, after that, I said it was my uncle was always like watching these horror films, and then it got into a Nightmare on Elm Street after that, and then a Nightmare on Elm Street was my first proper film that I loved. And then also gave me nightmares because of the Johnny Depp bed scene, which is why I can never have white sheets. Not for bad reasons, <laughs> but, you know, like blood, you know, like coming up because that's what noticeable. he's in, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. So obviously that just reminded me of that. So, you know, I couldn't have like a white bedding or stuff because, you know, blood coming out. Not because I was shitting myself or pissing the bed, you know, <laughs> nothing like that. So before anybody thinks that, I wasn't doing that. But, um, yeah, it just reminded me of the whole blood splatter bit, which, again, traumatized me when i was a little bit younger as well i I was gonna say as well it's it's funny how our family influence us on these sorts of things and sometimes it's probably not that they've done it on purpose it's just that they've you know recommended or they've just in passing talked about oh no he forced me to do oh he forced you (laughs) i was gonna say like with my mom it was just that i was sitting with her whilst you know she watched telly and it wasn't like it was necessarily too gory if you, I mean, the vampires were a bit scary, but that was about it. But yeah, it's it's, it's, it's funny weird, how it influences. You know how much I love horror. Like, obviously, it's why we're doing a horror podcast. I was gonna say, but, was like... but Georgie doesn't like horror. She gets really scared, and it's like I have no idea how. But when we were younger, me and her mum used to watch Dexter all the time while she was there. I mean, obviously, she was a baby, had no idea what was going on, but still. Well, yeah, there you go. And I, I think that's maybe she'll Dexter. grow into it. I, know you love I hope so. She better do. Imagine. Otherwise, she's getting disowned. Oh, oh no! <laughs> so awful. I mean, my like my personality, my you know the the way that I dress, the way that I hold myself, and things like that is very influenced by like alternative and, and horror influences and things like that. Um, it's a bit toned down today, um, as you can tell. She but, needs to um, be on camera. I wasn't sure how the audience might gauge it you know um but I, I've turned it down a little bit and you know it's just one of those identifiers that people know that I am the horror especially my friendship group I'm the horror person I'm <laughs> I'm the I'm the spooky gal you know spooky goth you know those types of like monikers kind of get attached to me sometimes people try and say it as an insult it's not I don't. I don't mind. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thanks. That's what. That's what I was aiming for. You know, Elvira realness. I wish. Yeah. Just so quickly on the whole Georgie thing as well. I don't think it helps that her name is Georgie and how much I love Pennywise. It just. It's a. Gen- it's, a direct, it's a direct. It's a direct attack, and that's probably what she's like. <laughs> and, and we also have a Pennywise like doormat, so every time she has to come out the house, in the house or out the house, it's just there waiting for her. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's so horrible. Oh. I am I a good parent, I swear. Maybe <laughs> you just you just put in the influences in in early. Yeah, just hoping slowly. she'll she'll pick them up. 
she she's she started watching all the films. We watched Pitch Perfect, Legally Blonde. We've watched all the um, girly films. So we need to start getting some horror ones in there. Now. That's good. There's some good. There's some good. Like, imagine if she didn't like films. That that would be that would be the 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 worst bit, I guess, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I bet we would would be here if that happened. I mean, I'd have to have another kid just to replace him. I sound so horrible, don't I? <laughs> I love my daughter. She's great. Um, there's nothing wrong with her at all. Um, so I assume, like I said, Buffy was your first influence. Obviously, it's not a film. So, what is your favorite horror film? My favorite horror film is and i got a tattoo for it and everything is Candyman. i absolutely love Candyman. so this is this is kind of following it in that first film sort of aspects Candyman was the first horror film i watched on my own without my mum so um i think i was about i want to say 14 and my mum may have bought me at my absolute crying request in hmv in blackpool that's a legal um, lap in the upstairs bit back in the day um that uh, there was like a steel box set of slasher classics and Candyman was in it um and Candyman and urban legend were the ones that i watched they watched i watched them on my own um my mom chose to watch hostel with me and she told me i was never ever ever allowed to go backpacking ever ever again like not not ever again i mean i mean just never never allowed so never traveled so i was gonna say what Hostel was 2006, so how old were you? 13? Lower. <laughs> in 2006. Well, I was going to say, like, I didn't yeah. know if you watched it straight away, but oh, I was no, 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 say no. you would have been like 13 when you watched it. Yeah, it was, I was, I was, I think I was about, I think I was about 13 or 14 when my mum got me the box set. Um, because it was, no, it might have been younger because I was definitely before, oh, that sounds horrible, doesn't it? That's like 18, 18 like level films and I've obviously watched them when I was a bit younger. But I think as long as your parents say it's fine, by all means. I mean, my dad that, that, had no choice. My mum always made the choice on that. Well, this is the whole thing because we don't, we don't have, we didn't have Netflix back in those days. So, exactly. but with Georgie, she, she has no restrictions on Netflix. We've said to her, you can watch whatever you want on Netflix. But if you scare yourself, it's your own fault she picked it. And that's that's another thing as well. It's a very much of you did this to yourself sort of yeah. thing. And I think um, growing up, I shared a bedroom with my sister. So uh, I, I literally shared a bedroom with my sister until she was uh, 17. So quite quite a long time. Um, mm. And poor, I mean, if Alex listens to this, I do apologise, Alex. You probably ended up having a fan of so many horror films because I, I ended up watching them. And that's how we kind of like you know, we grew with it. It's kind of been our bonding thing, um, films, because by God, we did not bond when we were younger. But films <laughs> was the only thing we got on about. But Candyman, Candyman was one of those ones, particularly more for, um, I was really into urban legends growing up, you know, creepypastas, urban legends, love all that sort of stuff. Um, scaryforkids.com, if people remember that. Um, and Candyman was definitely that kind of like, that vibe. And some of the imagery in it is just amazing. Like, and it, you know, it's based on a Clive Barker, which is, you know, it says it all, really. Yeah. 
I love the um, like you said, creepy pasts and stuff. Again, I'm going to go back to uni as well. I I also did a script uh, based around creepy pasts called A Friend of a Friend because that's how all these stories are called, aren't they? It's like yeah. oh, a friend of a friend said this, so I did a script on the friend of a friend, which is basically just a whole like kind of like Are You Afraid of the Dark, where people are just telling each other scary stories. Um, but I love it. I do have a question for you. In regards to Candyman, I won't go okay. for you in the deep end. Don't worry. Okay. But um, how do you feel about the remake? Because <laughs> it's technically is it's not a remake. It's not it? a remake. No, it's, it's a kind of like a reboot, isn't it? Like yeah. sort of thing. I I don't. So I don't really know much about it because I've purposely done that so that I can kind of gauge it and not have any ideas before going into it. Um, I think we spoke about this briefly before, but I really, when I saw Spiral, like the first sort of like stuff that came out about Spiral, I was not, I was not on that bandwagon. Mm. Like, especially after Jigsaw, I wasn't really like that. And I don't want to do the same with this. So I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm excited to see like a new perspective and, you know, like the, the casting looks amazing and things like that. And the whole look of it looks clean. And I think that's something that with the original Candyman as well is that it's not a grimy kind of like horror film. It is quite artistic in places. I know, you know, obviously it's graphic in some other places. Um, but you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hold my judgment off until I see it. What about so you, you are definitely gonna go watch it though. I, I will watch it. Yeah, yeah. I probably. Well, I mean, I can't. I can't say that Candyman's my favorite film and not at least watch it. Can I? <laughs> well. I put off a Nightmare on Elm Street for a very, 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 very long time because I mean, fair. I mean Nightmare on Elm Street isn't my favourite film ever, but it's in my top ten. It's sixth in my top ten. Um, it used to be five until uh, Whiplash came out, but um, but Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah, exactly. Whiplash is phenomenal, um, <laughs> but Nightmare on Elm Street, I couldn't watch it because no one else would play Robert England. Like no one else can do it. I know Jackie Hill Haley was alright, but I preferred the some of the backstory to the new one but if you talk about freddy krueger you think of robert england don't you you can't think of anyone else just like you think of Candyman, you think of tony todd yeah it's like... yeah and i think i think like you said that is that is probably like my main thing and I, do you know i think a lot of people are trying well a lot of people online that i've seen when we've talked about Candyman is you know the tony todd like legacy cameos things like that i think i almost don't want a can cameo i don't know if that's confirmed or not but i just kind of want it to be a kind of separate because like you yeah. know like in the nightmare on elm street one there wasn't any robert england he was completely separate it was com oh its own it might as well be its own thing but that's how i feel about it anyway yeah as long as it doesn't sorry pardon my friend shit on the original <laughs> we'll be fine yeah. <laughs> like i said if it's separate it's, it, and it's if it's its own i think similar to what i've just kind of explained a lot of people go in with preconceived like conceptions and things like that about it because they're just like well it's just a, it's just the, the original they're going to go line for line but i don't think i don't think that's a i don't think that's a, a pragmatic way to go about it look at me no. coming out with all these words <laughs> with Candyman, there's only two isn't there there isn't it's just candy man and then candy man too there's Is that right? i want to say four but i know there's definitely three Okay, that's right. Because I was going to say, like, going on in regards to favourites and remakes and reboots and everything like that. My favourite screen. Like, what else would it be? Exactly. It's, 
Um, I said, released in nineteen ninety six. Wes Craven is my boy. Like I love Wes Craven. Obviously, did Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream. Um, I always say you'll never have Scream without like Freddy Krueger because Wes Craven's new nightmare gave birth to Scream. Uh, obviously, with Scream in the way it is with its postmodernism and the way it's deconstructing the genre, mm-hmm. it was kind of toyed with in New Nightmare, where anyone that hasn't seen Wes Craven's New Nightmare it's like completely underrated it's amazing but they're bringing like Freddy into the real world and they're having the actors play in themselves whilst talking about Nightmare on Elm Street the film and just disregarded two three four five six seven <laughs> but you know um but it's, it's just a great film and Scream like you said you've got Scream 1, 2, 3, Scream 4 which is 10 years old now mental 10 years old oh my (laughs) i remember getting so excited to go to the cinema and watch that film i remember Uh, i remember seeing it to like the lead up to it and there was just the teaser of Kristen bell and um anna Anna paquin is that right in the opening scene yeah you had anna paquin lucy hale oh Kristen bell was in the beginning as well yeah so this it was i don't know why i got duped because it was very much a drew barrymore sort of thing of them getting like listed as characters and then obviously if, if you know you see the beginning of Scream 4 and it's just like oh well I, I'd certainly I love that as well because, <laughs> because it was good that Wes Craven directed all, all four of them as well obviously we've got Scream 5 coming out next year which obviously sadly won't be Wes Craven but he directed all of them you hardly get that in franchises the same director directing all of them Nightmare on Street was done by four different directors I want to say probably Friday the 13th definitely was. I don't think it was Sean, Sean C. Cunningham. Is that what he's called? Sean Cunningham, I'm sure. I can't remember the, the middle yeah. initial. But um, yeah, like I said, it's all different directors, but Wes Craven to have his own, I say trilogy, it's a quadrilogy now, isn't it? Mm. Uh, a synchology. I don't know what a five is. I think it's a synchology. <laughs> Whenever that's going to be. Saga. We'll just say Saga. That's yeah, Saga's good. there. Um, so I'm excited for Scream 5 because they have announced everybody is coming back. Neve Campbell, David Arquette and Courtney Cox. Not Arquette uh, now, oh. but just Courtney Cox, isn't it? But, um, but if we talk about Scream, I think it's one of the only films I've ever watched with director's commentary on it. Really? That's a fun fact right there. I have never watched <laughs> anything with director's comments. That is very prestigious. Yeah, I think because, again, with, with my essays that I did at, at university, I wanted to make sure I've got this secondary and primary uh, sources that I can relate to and obviously uh, comment on. And just them talking about that opening scene, because Scream has got one of the greatest opening scenes to any film. Oh, yeah. Like, ever. Like, we talk about films that have, like, a a greatest opening scene, a greatest ending scene ever as well, which is Saw, obviously. And then um, the greatest opening is Scream. And the way they talk about it is saying, it's a homage to when a stranger calls. It's a homage to Psycho. It's just a homage to end up like a love letter to to horror movies, and that's what they say in the opening. And Drew Barrymore, like you said, was the front. <laughs> I mean, she's there in the in the picture, isn't she? She was the front of it all, saying Drew Barrymore in this new horror film, and then to kill her off within the first seven eleven minutes of the film, just like Marion Crane, Janet Lee in Psycho, it was absolutely unheard of, and just shocking and then all of a sudden it just completely changes the story in psycho which is why psycho is my number four favorite film of all time <laughs> <laughs> but, but we're not talking about that uh, but yeah i just absolutely love screen 
I think you know, like you said again, it's um, it's uh, it's been done again and again and again. But it is with it being the original, it's the best version of these sorts of things. Again, scary movies, kind of throughout from the from the Scream franchise, but. I usually recommend Scream as someone, if someone says to me, like, uh, recommend a horror film for me to watch that isn't, like, too... It's not gruesome. scary, is it, really? It's not scary. I think they're just, they're, there's so many things as a, as a, as a, you know, a horror buff that I can rec- I can re- recommend it to someone. Someone watches it, I go, what did you think? And they're like, well, well, and I'm like, well, did you see this? And I point out all these like little bits and pieces that you can kind of type, well, this is like from this film and this is from this film. And, you know, did you see it coming like straight at the end? And I think I think it is one of those ones that keeps people interested without having, you know, it's not like a camera change constantly. There's not it's not moving too quick. There's a nice story that goes along with it as well, which stayed throughout all the rest of the films. And like you said, there's a lot of comedy aspects in there as well with yeah. Jamie Kennedy and Matthew Lillard bringing the comedy aspects into it all. I Matthew love Lillard. I love him so much. <laughs> um, and then, like you were saying, Scream is basically the deconstruction of horror movies from everything from the 70s and 80s. They were just getting diluted with awful B movies. I say awful, they're not awful, some of them, but you know, like you're getting rehashing of sequels. I think you had about six. Friday the 13th films in the 80s, six Nightmare on Elm Street films in the 80s, Child's Play just started, Halloween was going into about number five at that time as well, all of these films coming out within the 80s, horror was dying, like there was nothing new and then Scream came out and just completely revolutionised the genre and gave us the new teen horrors, like you said, and that, I know he did last summer came out like a few years after that as well, and then Urban Legend came out, we had all of these teen slasher movies and Scream basically reignited the slasher genre. That's why I love the slashers so much. Yeah, it's it's a it's a genre that will never die. No. It is it is the final girl of genres. And what a perfect way to say that the final girl. So they'll obviously talk about older films. Mm-hmm. Has there been anything recently that has come out that you've been like, yes, now this is a film right now? So when I got. Um, my Shudder account, one of the things that kept getting advertised to me was Mayhem. Um, yeah. What a film. I think as well, because I watched it in the precise timing of, I mean, it's been out since 2017, but um, I watched it during um, the first lockdown. And I think just the, the, the premise of the film with the, you know, the, the rage-inducing virus that comes around, it was very, it was a very nice change of pace and I think the fact that it's based in the office and it is just genuinely you know all these different emotions you get in the office especially working in um, very corporate places and it all just kind of gets let loose because there's no inhibitions I think the just Lord of the Flies-esque thing that happens within the whole thing is just great also you know um, Samara Weaving's a, a queen we love her she's a she's definitely mm-hmm. Um, my favourite at the moment, actress-wise, and um, Stephen Yun just yeah. chef's uh, Especially coming out from Walking Dead as well, from that horror background. I know, obviously, he's recently been Oscar-nominated for Minari, but this may have, did it, you said 2017, was it similar year to that Belco experiment? I've seen the Belco experiment. I think so. So I, 
I haven't when seen you were talking about it, you said they were kind of similar, but I know Belko was kind of more of a battle royale type of style where it's just like, you're locked in this room, only one person leaves. Have fun. Yeah, so it's kind of, it's it's on a similar vein of um, a law firm um, gets infected with a virus that had sweeped through the country um, in the previous months um, and they get put into a quarantine lockdown. Anyone that's trying to leave the building is put back in the building and they, they have to be quarantined for so many hours and it is um, following Stephen Yun um, trying to make his way up to the top um, to essentially the the owners of the law firm um, table to try and get his job back because he'd been subsequently sacked that same day. Um, and it's him, each level is a different obstacle for him to face. So one level's HR, another level's like the PAs, another level, so on and so forth. And yeah, it's kind of like almost like a game set out, each level, different yeah, bars to like face. Donkey and then you Kong. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then just using these new um, ways of... Uh, inflicting pain i know that sounds like so graphic doesn't it but you know there's a nail gun it's not it's not it's not guns and knives and things like that it is literally just what you would find in an office yeah Yeah. have a stapler to the face (laughs) exactly and you know and it's just stuff like that the nail gun is quite is quite useful um i think they find that in a a holding area somewhere in the maintenance department but yeah i very much recommend if you haven't seen it very much Uh yeah i've i had no idea that's what it was about i always saw it and was just like doesn't interest me at all but from what you're talking about i'll add it to my list add it to the list i will add it to your list as well (laughs) so you said before we went live you think you know what my film is so now you put me on the spot and i'm like ooh. Yeah. So I thought, because it's my second choice, and I was like, oh, I wonder if Jane will choose this as well. I was going to say Doctor Sleep. Oh. Oh, really? <gasps> I loved Doctor Sleep. I enjoyed it. Uh, I'll tell you a funny story about Doctor Sleep. I'm pretty sure I put this on Facebook, or I may have told you at the time. It's the only, it's the only time I've ever been in the cinema where half of the people have walked out. Never. I think no, I do think I remember you saying this. I I find that so insane. I mean, I, I'm a Mike Flanagan is put out some absolute. I haven't seen bangers. House yet, so like House on Haunted Hill or Bly Manor. <laughs> I know. Um, have you seen um, Have you seen Oculus? Pretty sure that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, I watched that when it first came out because I love um. It's Olivia. Is it Olivia Cook? I can't remember now. No, it's um, um Karen Gilliam. Karen yeah. Gilliam and um, yeah. Ouija. That's one of I his. Se- as well. I haven't seen Ouija. Is that what it's called? Ouija. Ouija. Um, yeah. but no, I I think his directing style, some of the shots, and I think oh, perfectly Sleep, splendid. Oh, perfectly splendid in every way. <laughs> um, oh, don't. <laughs> um, I think. Just the, the the shots. I'm not. I'm talking about it as if this was my choice, but some of the shots <laughs> are just amazing. And um, Rebecca Ferguson, what a woman! That top hat, love it. I, so, I said I did. I did not not like it. Like I own it on Blu-ray and everything. Like I I enjoyed it. But like I said, with people walking out, they probably just thought, "Oh, I want to go watch The Shining." Most people don't remember The Shining. People just remember him going mental. Yeah, they so remember they like remember the last end of the yeah. like the, the last bit of the film. There's a lot. That's like two hours before that of just like I say boringness, but you know, to to a millennial, shall we say? Yeah, you know, boringness. <laughs> but um, but with Doctor Sleep, 
like I said, it, it took inspiration from the actual book, like with with the superpowers and everything like that. I say the superpower. What, what's it called? The Shining. The Shining. <laughs> yeah. The Shining. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I think Some most people are like, what, what is happening? Like, the, nobody understood, but it's like, it's from the source material. Read a book. <laughs> yeah, but, well, I mean, they even touch about, even if you watch the, 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 the original Shining, like the first film, they talk a little bit about the Shining. And I guess, for those who didn't quite catch it or might be coming into uh, Doctor Sleep, without watching which i surprised if they did but went into it without watching the shining there is that little bit at the beginning where it kind of explains yeah. the shining that's all you need but you know like you said it might not be for the, the it, audience yeah i think with a lot of the people that probably went in they're like oh let's go watch another haunting of emily rose where i can just get scared from like jump scares or whatever like that don't even know if that's uh, that's a real film isn't it i'm pretty yeah. sure it's a, real it's film, a great yeah. film as well personally <laughs> yeah. from my opinion but yeah. carry on but no, I'm saying like people like these jump scares, don't they? As in yeah. like people go in and be like, oh, I want jump scare after jump scare after jump scare after jump scare. And yeah. it's just predictable jump scares. Whereas Doctor Sleep wasn't like that. It was a slow burner that built and built and built and built. And most people don't get the payoff because they weren't there. True. True. But, so you're wrong. It's yeah, not wrong. that. I but I will it. keep up with the Samara weaving. It's oh, ready or not. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, it was one of those films that I was really looking forward to. I, I saw the poster at the Odeon when it was coming out. I was like, I need to see this film. And then when I watched it, I was just like in love with it. I think Samara Weaven just came out of nowhere. I don't know where she's been. So fake Margot Robbie just come out of nowhere. Because I was like, well, what's Margot Robbie doing in this film? <laughs> I think that's what kind of drew me to her, to be honest. Just because I'm such a, a Margot fan. But I, I almost... Oh, don't hate me, Margot. But I almost like her more. There's the personality that Samara Weaver brings to any role that she does. I just want to be her. Even if she's the baddie. I just want to be her. Please. Oh. But, <laughs> Great but choice. Like, like, this film, like, when... I mean, it's the worst nightmare to like go and meet your in-laws for like, the first time and a proper really rich and then it's sad that they want to kill you anyway. But this is literal. Um, and then just the ending, I, I don't want to spoil it for anybody that hasn't seen the ending, but Jesus Christ, like, that came, literally came out of nowhere. You think Get Out's ending comes out of nowhere? Check out this ending. That's all I'm going to say because, pff, Jesus, did, did not expect it. It's one of those films, like, I always enjoy a film that takes surprise and I, I don't yeah. see it coming. And I was I think, like, what is happening right now? I think as well with Ready or Not is you kind of, it got set up in such a way that the premise I didn't see coming at all of like the general, the whole film. Um, but then when it was kind of leading, once the premise had been set, I was like, uh, I can kind of see where this is going to end. And then it completely was just like, nope, this is how it's going to end. <laughs> and I was today. like, oh, okay. <laughs> Um, again, some some great some great acting in there as well. We've got um, Adam Brody. Adam, <laughs> Adam Brody, <laughs> love Adam Brody. He's gotten better. Yeah. Like his act, his like acting. I, I hated him in the OC. I, I I really don't like those kinds of like TV shows anyway. But anything post that, <laughs> anything also, after he was famous for the also, OC. I'm also including his very 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 minor role of like I'm one line in the ring. <laughs> Oh, the promising woman as well. I thought you were going to say. He's no, he's in, he's, he has one line in the ring. And I remember seeing it and I was like, I love you. And then that's just <laughs> where it started off from there. But um, 
you know, I think as well is that it's he's um he's kind of grown into this like horror genre, and that's I kind of like that for him because again he's in like Jennifer's Body as well, um, and it's just nice to see see. Was it? He's Scream Four as well, isn't he? He's one of the cops. I think so. Couldn't tell you. It's been a long time since I've seen Scream Four. Oh, what? sorry. I want to say probably. I again, I haven't watched it. I need to rewatch them all before Scream Five, which again they should have put the S as a five. Just saying, but you know, I mean, why not? <laughs> because the five, but, it doesn't, it doesn't read right. Frireem. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, Frireem. Like... Yeah, but you know what it is, don't you? It's like when they put a fr- like, but thirteen goals has got a thirteen, the number thirteen in the middle of it. Uh, yeah, I get that. I get that. It, a three doesn't even look like an R. But it's kind of... <laughs> it's the 13. The 13. Exactly. Multiple 13s. <laughs> a 13 inside 13. Which I saw that post, by the way, the other day and was like, yeah, how great would that be as a TV show? That's something we need to do. We need to pick. I, I don't want to throw you on the spot right now. We'll let, do some research into <laughs> it. But a horror film that would make a great TV show now. I think yeah. I think the post the post that we're talking about is obviously Thirteen Ghosts um, being moved into a a Netflix series, which I absolutely would watch, absolutely. Um, yeah. But I, I I'd have to think about it to be completely honest with you because I think there's a lot of films where you get enough of the character to to take you through the film, and there isn't really a lot of you don't need the lore behind it. But I I know there is obviously a few where you would. You would like to know more. I can't think any of them. Well, because they, they have done, Fox has done The Exorcist. They did two series of that, which yeah. followed on. And Reagan actually came back and played herself in that, in the second season. Linda Blair. Linda Blair, yeah. And then um, they've also done Scream, the TV show, series one and two. And then they rebooted it for series three on MTV. Yeah. And then, um, oh, I just had another one in my head and it's gone. It's gone. It's, uh, gone. it's gone. It's gone out of my head. But um, I think I think I think um, it's a, it's one of those things of is it going to be too niche of a concept that you're not going to get the viewers first time round? So I think it needs to be it needs to be done very carefully, marketed very carefully, um, and you know I think it needs to not pander too much to fan service, which I think a lot of these sorts of things tend to do. To an extent, uh, so as yeah. long as it's done properly, I, I imagine any film could be done that way. But off the top of my head, I mean, um, not necessarily film, but horror related. Um, Netflix has done all these different things with uh, the Resident Evil franchise. So you know that we've had the 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 couple of the um, anim- anime films have come on to Netflix, which is great because you know love that. Um, but then also they've done the the um, the series. They're going to do well. It's coming out soon of the Resident Evil series. And then we've got the live action film as well coming out. I'm very excited. Well, I was going to say, you've just recently got eight, haven't you? Village. Literally the other day. Shout out to Ryan. <laughs> Shout out to my friend Ryan who got me it. Um, yeah, I am a massive resident. I'm sure this is probably going to come out in another when we do an episode, I'm sure, on some sort of horror games. But I am a massive Resident Evil fan. Um, but only as in like the last couple of years, because I've only really been able to get into gaming in the last couple of years. But I love me some zombies. <laughs> love me some zombies. Love me some zombies. But um, I, I I think it's quite poetic that both of us had a Samara Weaving film for our uh, films. She's obviously yeah. just a, a 
a, a behemoth in the horror franchise at the moment. It's definitely like a new genre of screen queen. Oh yeah. I hope she I hope she carries on and does more horror films. I know she's not in it. I always get confused because this is this is other. We, we've got fake Margot Robbie and Samara Weaver. Now we've got a fake Samara Weaving as well from that girl from Sex Education who looks exactly like. Oh, the Samara girl that plays well. Maeve. Yeah, Maeve? yeah, sure. Yeah, I've never, I've uh, never seen. But it, she, personally. but she's in the new Agatha Christie Murder on the Nile, and I'm like, oh, Samara Weaving. No, it's not. Oh, it's Margot Robbie. No, it's not. It's her. It's like, oh right, no, no, it's like the Zoe Deschanel like like spider web all these different actresses that look like so Fisher and amy adams yeah <laughs> but I, I i think smart weaving um uh, yeah the babysitter films as well i think if i've you've watched seen, the first one the second one's good as well and i know it's not usually that that happens for these sorts of films but it's just they don't take themselves too seriously and i think that's what especially with like teen slasher films that we need they don't take themselves too too seriously but yeah. well i mean they're for an audience that just want to i mean the generation that we live in now is that let's get stoned and watch a film isn't it really but you know the younger generation i say our generation i'm 30 now i'm not in that generation yeah but you know, <laughs> i'm not even that generation <laughs> yeah um, but like i said it's just one of those that they just want to go in just zone out and watch a film just for fun and that's what the teenage slasher movies are slightly becoming i'm trying to think has there been anything else besides the babysitter that's come out recently slasher wise i've gone gone completely off topic now i can't think <laughs> it's the only problem coming in not not prepared to when you're just thinking and you have a conversation it's just like oh let's go into that but, yeah i mean we I could do that all day to be fair yeah exactly <laughs> um but i think it's a nice place to wrap up for episode one uh yeah. like i said it was an introduction to horror uh we talked a little bit about horror in two weeks we will be analyzing prom night and then i'm sure we'll have something else to talk about two weeks after that and then two weeks after that will be another film so every four weeks we'll have an episode like this and then in the alternating two weeks after that i don't know how to word it properly i just say bi-weekly because bi-weekly means two a week and two a month so some people get that's a, such a weird concept isn't it? it's just lazy it's a week it's uh, a week on a week off isn't it week so. on week on is it it's every two weeks, yeah. So yeah, week on, week, week off, on, yeah. Week on, week off. There you, there you go. Yeah. So week on, week off, week on. So first week on, there's two episodes a month basically. I don't. How do you <laughs> word this? It, there's two episodes a month. One will be an episode where we talk about our love for horror. The second will be an analysis of it. I will make it a little bit easier. Why don't? This is why you're here. Schedule, there you go. <laughs> why don't we put a schedule? We will put a schedule on our socials. So we have a Facebook page and we also have an Instagram page that are live now. We will also probably put up some sort of um, Twitter as well, just for live updates of when we go and post a new podcast. Um, but it will be. Um, there we go. Um, bloody brilliant podcast. Um, and I'll put it in the stories, like the saved stories on the Instagram. Um, and I will probably put a post on the Facebook, maybe in the the, uh, the hours section on there. So that if, you know, if people want to, to chime in, maybe not for the, the film reviews, but for the chit chat or for the other way around, then you'll know when to tune in. Yeah, any films that you may feel like we need to watch or you want to hear us review and get our opinions on, um, we'll happily do that. And any questions that you have as well, we'll try and answer them as well. But that's it for episode one. We did it. So we did it. Thank you. 
yeah thank you very much for joining us guys wherever you listen on spotify or apple Podcasts or watching us on youtube hello goodbye bye <laughs>